Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. We're dealing with a Mr. Thomas Watson, the old English Puritan, who wrote in this quarterly, this time, a piece called All Things Work for God, uh, for good. All things work for good. We are halfway through that message, and here we go with part two. See here the wisdom of God. Who can make the worst things imaginable turn to the good of the saints? He can, by a divine chemistry, extract gold out of dross. Oh, the depth of the wisdom of God! It is God's great design to set forth the wonder of his wisdom. The Lord made Joseph's prison a step to preferment. There was no way for Jonah to be saved but by being swallowed up. God suffered the Egyptians to hate Israel, and this was the means of their deliverance. The Apostle Paul was bound with a chain, and that chain which did bind him was the means of enlarging the gospel, Philippians 1.12. God enriches by impoverishing. He causes the augmentation of grace by the diminution of an estate. When the creature goes forth from us, it is that Christ may come nearer to us. God works strangely. He brings order out of confusion, harmony out of discord. He frequently makes use of unjust men to do that which is just. He is wise in heart. He can reap his glory out of men's fury. Either the wicked shall not do the hurt that they intend, or they shall do the good that they do not intend. God often helps when there is least hope, and saves his people in the way that they think will destroy. He made use of the high priest's malice and Judas's treason to redeem the world. Through indiscreet passion we are apt to find fault with things that happen, which is as if an illiterate man should censure philosophy or a blind man find fault with the work in a landscape vain man would be wise job 11:12 silly animals will be taxing providence and calling the wisdom of god to the bar of reason god's ways are past finding out they are rather to be admired than fathomed there is never a providence of God, but has either a mercy or a wonder in it. How stupendous and infinite is that wisdom that makes the most adverse dispensations work for the good of his children. Learn how little cause we have then to be discontented at outward trials and emergencies. What? Discontented at that which shall do us good? All things shall work for good. There are no sins God's people are more subject to than unbelief and impatience. They are ready either to faint through unbelief or to fret through impatience. When men fly out against God by discontent and impatience, it is a sign that they do not believe this text. Discontent is an ungrateful sin because we have more mercies than afflictions, and it is an irrational sin because afflictions work for good. 
discontent is a sin that puts us upon sin. Uh, fret not thyself to do evil, Psalm 37, 8. He that frets will be ready to do evil. Fretting Jonah was sinning Jonah. The devil blows the coals of passion and discontent and then warms himself at the fire. Oh, let us not nourish this angry viper in our breast. Let this text produce patience. All things work together for good to them that love God. Shall we be discontented at that which works for our good? If one friend should throw a bag of money at another, and in throwing it should graze his head, he would not be troubled much, seeing by this means he has got a bag of money. So the Lord may bruise us by afflictions, but it is to enrich us. These afflictions work for us a weight of glory, and shall we be discontented? See here that Scripture fulfilled, God is good to Israel, Psalm 73, 1. When we look upon adverse providences and see the Lord covering his people with ashes, making them drunk with wormwood, we may be ready to call in question the love of God and to say that he deals harshly and hardly with his people. But oh no, God is good to Israel because he makes all things work for good. Is not he a good God who turns all to good? He works out sin and works in grace. Is not this good? And we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. The depth of affliction is to save us from the depth of damnation. Let us always justify God. When our outward condition is ever so bad, let us say, yet uh, God is good. See what cause the saints have to be frequent in the work of thanksgiving. In this, Christians are defective. Although they are much in supplication, yet little in gratulation. The apostle says, in everything give thanks. Why so? Because God makes everything work for our good. We thank the physician, though he gives us a bitter medicine that makes us sick because it is to make us well. We thank any man that does us a good turn. Shall we not be thankful to God who makes everything work for good to us? God loves a thankful Christian. Job thanked God when he took all away. The Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, Job one twenty one. Many will thank God when he gives. Job thanks him when he takes away because he knew God would work good out of it. We read of saints with harps in their hands, an emblem of praise. We meet many Christians who have tears in their eyes and complaints in their mouths. But there are few with their harps in their hands who praise God in affliction. To be thankful in affliction is a work peculiar to a saint. Every bird can sing in the spring, but some birds will sing in the dead of winter. Everyone almost can be thankful in prosperity, but a true saint can be thankful in adversity. A good Christian will bless God, not only at sunrise, but at sunset. Well may we, in the worst that befalls us, have a psalm of thankfulness because all things work for good 
Oh, be much in blessing of God. We will thank him that doth befriend us. And then think, if the worst things work for good to a believer, what shall the best things? Christ in heaven. How much more shall these work for good? If the cross has so much good in it, what has the crown? If such precious clusters grow in Golgotha, how delicious is that fruit which grows in Canaan? If there be any sweetness in the waters of Marah, what is there in the wine of paradise? If God's rod has honey at the end of it, what has his golden scepter? If the bread of affliction tastes so savory, what is manna? What is the heavenly ambrosia? If God's blow and stroke work for good, what shall the smiles of his face do? If temptations and sufferings have matter of joy in them, what shall glory have? If there be so much good out of evil, what then is that good where there shall be no evil? If God's chastening mercies are so great, what will his crowning mercies be? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And consider that if God makes all things to turn to our good, how right it is that we should make all things tend to his glory, and do all to the glory of God. The angels glorify God as they sing divine anthems of praise. How then ought man to glorify him, for whom God has done more than for angels? He has dignified us above them in uniting our nature with the Godhead. Christ has died for us and not the angels. The Lord has given us and not only out of the common stock of his bounty, but he has enriched us with covenant blessings. He has bestowed upon us his spirit. He studies our welfare. He makes everything work for our good. Free grace has laid a plan for our salvation. If God seeks our good, shall we not seek his glory? Then let us endeavor to make the name of God glorious and renowned. If God seek our good, let us seek his glory. If he makes all things tend to our edification, let us make all things tend to his exaltation. So much for the privilege mentioned in the text. Wow, that's uh, in the public domain, that whole series of articles uh, by Thomas Watson who lived from 1620 to 1686. You know that he was an English nonconformist Puritan preacher. Got all that from the Free Grace Broadcaster, which you can make your own by just contacting these people at chapel at mountzion.org, and I hope that you will. Meanwhile, I want to tell you about the book of the day. Oh, not giving these away anymore. I started doing that. But I don't think that's a wise thing to do. I think that you uh, want to invest a little bit. You can get this book, and it's huge. It's uh, it's one of these large-sized books. It's about 12 inches by 10. You know, it's one of these big guys, uh, almost 200 pages. It's called John and Daniel, Two Elderly Men, Exiled by Two Different World Empires. Think about it. Writing centuries apart through the inspiration of angels and God's Spirit. But their message is the same. And all of it reminds us of things we've seen and felt in our own day. 
I want you to read about what surely is coming to our world. I want you to tremble and yet rejoice and above all, believe. These are the words of John and Daniel that I've uh, commented on. The words themselves are, of course, enough, but some people have trouble understanding them. I have the last, it's actually two books, two commentaries that I wrote years before this, put this together in March of 2016. Uh, the, the last message of Daniel, I think I told you about that one already, and the scroll of Revelation, the book of Revelation, and that's also something that I mentioned to you. Well, I put those two together into one book and simply called it John and Daniel. And as you read these two commentaries, you'll see where they overlap quite a bit. Not that one copied, but that the Holy Spirit gave the same message to both, in which we rejoice. Whenever he gives the same thing two and three and four or five times, we know he's he means business. He's saying something that he wants us to know. If you haven't really begun to investigate those scriptures that you thought were impossible, you need to do that because they're not impossible. I found that out. I am at no one. I am absolutely no one in the church. I, I go to church, been in the church. I was ordained to the ministry, but I'm not in that official status now. All the works that I did here, I did as a, just a guy, <laughs> just a guy that was hungry for God's word. And you can do the same. And I hope that you will. Well, what shall we say now? I think that I'm, I'm going to set you free. I won't go through all my normal commercial stuff today. Thank you so much for being with us. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.